Welcome and ahoy, Blackhawks and Kraken Rinkrats. Uh, welcome to Season 5, Episode 17 of the Rinks, Chicago Blackhawks Rinkcast, and, and Season 1, Episode 9 of the Rinks, Kraken Hostel Seattle Rinkcast. We're going to combine the two today. Uh, we're going to do a trade deadline thing, and we figured we would do them all together. We could talk, we could all banter back and forth about, you know, both teams and things like that. Make it a little bit interesting, change things up a little bit. I... I'm Jeff Osborne, a.k.a. Gatekeeper. It's Mr. Osborne. And I'm sitting in the big chair today in place of Andy Campbell, who is out of town today. And uh, so I'm going to take over the reins. I'm going to, just like the old days, I'm going to be the host today. So uh, today is St. Patrick's Day, uh, March 17th. And uh, here we are. Um, The trade deadline's in like five days. Um, I got my Blackhawks experts here over here on the side. You see them sitting all over here. We have. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go around the horn a little bit. I'm gonna introduce everybody. You probably the the, the Kraken people probably don't know who uh, who all these people are, but um, the Blackhawk side, I'm sure, know these people very well. Uh, so I'm gonna start from the top with the the, the good looking guy there with the, uh, the his not snapping his pen this week and has the ceiling fan up there. Uh, it's uh, Sean Goldstein, Sean A.K.A. Goldstein Fitzgerald, uh, wearing his uh, leprechaun hat. He is our one of our Blackhawks writers. Sean, how are you, sir? I am good. I am wearing the costume of the Wandering Shamrocks. Uh, it's our harmonica group that plays in the Elmhurst St. Patrick's Day Parade. Has for 30-plus years. So. That guy needs to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, got, I got more for you, buddy. I got you. Stop saying good, Sean. You sound like an ass. Oh Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares. So I, I brought the sound clips this week. So um, and moving down, we're going to go a little bit on the clockwise side here. So um, we have down at the bottom our copy chief, Mr. Eric Andrews, Mr. Card Expert. He has the card cast. We don't want to forget. We could mention that here. Um, Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Um, just want to make one quick note that. Typically, I don't wear hats, but today I am. It is St. Patrick's Day, so I am wearing a Notre Dame Fighting Irish hat. Figured Sean would enjoy that, so just want to make a quick note of that. Eric, he is a bad, bad man. <laughs> That's true. All right, cool. All right, and also, last but not least, we have the Bardo, Andrew Bard. Uh, he's been he's from the Chicago side again. He's on the uh, ring cast from the Chicago side. Most weeks, uh, actually, I think he's pretty. Been, he's been pretty regular. I don't think th- there's a few that you've missed, but not many one, yeah. during the season. Mm-hmm. But uh, how are you, sir? Fantastic yourself. Uh, hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. I'm enjoying this wonderful Chicago weather. Uh, seventy, almost seventy degrees. Let's see, what is sixty-eight degrees today? I it was almost sixty-nine. It was almost very nice. It was almost <laughs> a very nice day. It's coming our way to New York tomorrow. So, well, there you go. Yeah, well, it'll be forty and rainy here tomorrow. Yay. <laughs> All right. So um, we can kind of get right into things. Uh, I'm going to start off. We're, I'm going to kind of go back and forth. We got some questions at the end. So we're going to we're going we're to start with the Blackhawks. Um, the Blackhawks, uh, what, you know, you really got to decide. They really have to decide what they're going to do. I think they're going to sell. I mean, I don't think there's any any question in their mind what they're going to do. Um We've said it, and, and this is kind of there's there's kind of some parallels with the Blackhawks and the Kraken. Uh, basically, you know, the Kraken are they are what they are. They picked up a whole bunch of third line guys, 
and they've got some they've got some good players, but um, not a ton of them. They, you know, basically just about anyone on that roster, I think they should, you know, sell if they could, if they get a good deal. Um, the same goes kind of for the Blackhawks. If you get a good deal for anybody, something that blows your socks off, get them out the door. There's there's not really anyone. I mean, uh, Alex Dabrinkit, sure, maybe. Um, but, you know, on a really good team, is Alex Dabrinkit your guy? Maybe he's a second-line player, uh, you know, on a really good team. Um, maybe he is that fringe first line player, but there's no one on there. There's no one on the Chicago Blackhawks right now, in my opinion, uh, that, that they really, you know, even Kirby doc that like they with, for the right deal, they wouldn't let go of, um, I'm going to start you Bart. I'm going to go counterclockwise Bardo. Uh, what do you think about the Blackhawks in in the state, what they're going to do, or not necessarily what they're going to do, but, um, what they should be doing and what they should be looking for at this trade deadline. As um, as Jim Cramer from CNBC says, sell, 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 sell. Um, they should be looking and maximizing assets as much as possible. Um, you know, things are starting to heat up with guys like Kubalik and Dahan. Hopefully, there's other guys that are also going to be um, on that trade block as well. But um, but yeah, I mean, Flurry is another one. You know, we're hearing his name. It's whether or not he's going to uh, be willing to waive his no trade clause to a specific location. Um, seems like Toronto may not be a place he wants to go. Um, doesn't look like Washington because of this whole thing with, um, you know, being a rival with Pittsburgh, which I think is, you know, a little hokey. Um, now with, with the injury to Laner, I mean, does he go to Vegas? Does he make a return there? Possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the Blackhawks should do everything possible to sell as many, players as possible and get as many assets, picks, prospects, etc. Eric. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it much better myself. I mean, um, for anyone that read my trade deadline preview piece about the Black Hawks, Nice plug. Nice plug, um, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go um, read Eric's trade piece on the-rink.com about th- this trade stuff. But go ahead, Eric. Yeah, my, I mean, I, you guys have heard me say it a couple times before on previous episodes, but the goal here needs to be asset maximization. Like Bard said, like we've been saying for the last few weeks, that's what this deadline must be about. And there, you know, like you were saying at the top, Jeff, there cannot be any sacred cows. Um, you know, everybody can be had for the right price, period. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your contract is doesn't matter if you get a good return for a player they're gone that that's the mindset it has to be um now of course obviously there are guys that they are going to be actively trying to move actively hoping to move you know your guys like dahan ryan carpenter dominic kubli guys like that absolutely i would expect that those guys will be traded you know prior to monday at 3 p.m eastern um you know, who knows what the returns might be. I mean, I think the Josh Manson trade and the uh, Ben Chirot trade definitely bode well for a, a Dahan return. Um, you know, I think initially we kind of thought, eh, he might be like a third round pick, maybe even a fourth. But it seems like they might be able to get more than that at this point, which, you know, it's, would be great. Um, kind of same thing with Kubalik. It seems like his market might be, you know, a little bit better than people thought. Um, you know, and kind of similar to that, potentially even somebody like a Dylan Strom as well, especially since he's been hot of late. So 
yeah, I mean, there's definitely some interesting names to keep an eye on. Um, you know, hopefully they can they can come out of this pretty well and you know come away with a nice little grouping of future assets that you know they they desperately need. Shawnee. Yeah, I, I agree with Bardo and Eric. Uh, Dylan Strom, definitely a name. Um, playing well as of late. The Blackhawks have been trying to move him for a third-round pick for uh, the last year. They Now they're targeting somewhere in a second-round pick, which if you can get a second-round pick for Dylan Strom, that's huge. I think that's something you've got to do. Um, the markets for DeHaan, obviously. Uh, Ryan Carpenter, too, and then... I know Eric mentioned it in his piece. If you can get anything for Ryan or anything for Eric Gustafson, you ship him out of town. Um, maybe even if uh, Caleb Jones, if somebody wants an extra defenseman, you can move on from Caleb Jones. Um, you've you've got to maximize as many assets as possible. And obviously the biggest chip in that is going to be Marc-Andre Fleury, whether he goes to – I still don't rule out Toronto. I know he says he doesn't want to go there. But I still don't rule it out. They they have the greatest need for him. Morazic can't make the standard saves. Jack Campbell's got that lat injury. So even if he comes back, you don't know what he's going to be and if he can get in a rhythm that he was last season. So that's where I see Mark Andre Fleury going. Um, but yeah, they've got a nobody should be holding. We shouldn't be holding on to Dominique Kubalik or any of these guys. Dylan Strome maybe. That's the only guy out of that lot I can see holding on to. And like Eric said, don't let Andy hear that. (laughs) I know. But Andy said it a couple times too, though. The more you think about it, like you need guys to play NHL minutes. You're still going to need some veteran players to go through this rebuild. You're not just going to have a bunch of AHL fourth line guys and just get your brains beat in every night. It's not going to do anything. You've got to have some serviceable veteran players to at least make people want to come to the building. So, yeah, that, that's, well, that's what they should do right now. Well, and also, I mean, it can't be, it can't be overlooked that he's very good friends with Alex to bring it. Yeah. And, and they play uh, well know, together. Yeah, they do play well together. You know? Uh, oh, if, it's, if meant- you're not even going to be in the playoffs, what does it matter if you've got a guy that can play in the playoffs? So, you know, I could see that. Go ahead. I also, Sorry. I also forgot to mention that Eric brought it up in his article and I mentioned, I forgot to mention this. Uh, maybe it's a topic of, we can talk about. So Eric had mentioned that Kirby doc might not be traded. Gate had said that maybe if you find the right deal for Kirby doc, that's all well and good. But Colton doc, I believe his brother hasn't signed his entry level contract. I'm wondering if there's another situation where I believe, um, the Hawks traded Jimmy Hayes and then his brother refused to sign. So I'd be a little leery Unless you get like the perfect deal for Kirby Doc, you're probably missing out on two players in that because you could probably lose Kirby and his brother if you trade him. So just something to think about. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're going to trade Kirby Doc. No. I don't think they're going to get an offer for him that's worth letting him go. And uh, you know, whatever you think of Kirby Doc as a player, uh, he's their their biggest. He's not a, really a prospect because he's in the NHL, but he's he's probably your best young player at this point in time, or at least your option as a young player. So I think they're going to hang on to him and try to ride that out, try to quote unquote fix him. Uh, but they they're going to have to figure out whether he's a, whether they want him at winger or if they want him at center because he hasn't been doing so hot at center. Um, 
you know, he, he, he was like a young, he was ending up being like a younger version of, of Dylan Strom, what it looked like, you know, at the beginning of this year. Uh, but, but John Deed said he was going to be a winger before anybody else. So let's give John credit. Let's make sure we give John Deed said credit. Wait, correction. John Deeds told Derek King Mm. to move him to wing. And then he did it, you know, he did it, whatever, later, later. Boom. Nailed it. Yeah. Well, it also it also kind of goes to the point of what is Doc? Because, you know, we've seen him showcase some skill. We've seen him play two different positions, center and wing. We've seen him lately get, you know, pretty physical and mix it up a little bit. So where does he fit? What is he? I don't know. And I, I still don't know what he is. I've seen a little bit of everything. And is he a guy that's going to be, you know, pretty good at a lot of things, but not great at one thing? Or what, what is he? So we, I, I just don't think the book has been written on him. Yeah. Hopefully it's not hickory dickory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, we're going to shift. We're going to shift over to the West Coast now, the Kraken. Now, I know you guys aren't fully up on the Kraken, and I'm the guy who's been the Kraken expert. Um, but recently, um, they they opened up their trade deadline uh, acquisitions, or actually the other way around. They're uh, selling their life rafts of people, just sending them out of town. Kelly Yarncroft, uh was tra- was traded yesterday. Who's you know a good middle middle six player, kind of reminds me in in the mold of a Matthias Yanmark kind of player. Uh, they let or they got him in the expansion draft from uh, Nashville, and then now they flipped him around. He's got about thirty points, I believe. He cl- something close to that, twenty eight thirty points. He's had a good year for you know for a team that's not done very well. Um, and they trade him to Calgary, who could probably use some depth players in their lineup. You know they've got the the top end stuff, but to get get another depth player, they could play both ways. They could play tough, uh, tough playoff hockey. Uh, and this, you know, this guy's got a bunch of games of NHL playoff hockey under his belt. So, um, you know, that's a, that's definitely a, like Yanmark last year when when he went to uh, to Vegas, and uh, you know, Yarncroft this year goes to goes to Calgary. Uh, Calgary, uh, the the Kraken got back three dra- three different draft picks from three different drafts, and they retain half of Yanmark's uh, salary. So they got a second round this year. They get a third round next year and a seventh round in 2024. It's three draft picks. It's three assets. The Kraken don't have a robust system. They're going to have to build, you know, an ECHL team. And now they have the, their AHL team is going to be coming in next year. They're going to need a full AHL team and an ECHL team probably. Plus what you're going to have, you know, in college and, and the juniors and stuff like that. So what they need right now is players. They need players that can play, that they can get in their system, develop them, see what you have. And um, that's exactly what they're doing here. Um, you guys got, anyone got anything, you know, on Kelly Yarncroft going to Calgary and the hall that came back? No? I mean, I, well, I, 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 mean I, I can say that, you know, I like the acquisition for Calgary from that perspective. I also like it for Seattle because, quite frankly, that's exactly what they need is assets. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, getting a type of player like him who, to me, is is a playoff-type player, I mean, he, he fits kind of the Daryl Sutter mode of, you know, a guy who's going to play in multiple situations. And, you know, to me, I think Calgary is not done. They're going for it. Um, we'll see what else they do. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's a good trade for both teams. I really do. 
I the way I feel about uh, the Kraken is the same way I guess that I feel about Chicago. It's like uh, they got to get every you know get all these guys out the door. They're middle middle six players. You can get middle six players mm-hmm. uh, if you want to hang on to a couple of them. Sure, that's fine. I'm not saying you have to get rid of everybody, but if you get a good offer for somebody, out the door. Like uh, you know, let them. You you don't have that much of an attachment. You have sixty games of attachment to these guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, outside of Matty Matty Beneers, uh, you know, who was who their first round draft pick uh, this, this past draft. Um, and even him, if you got the right deal for him, sure. You know, whatever. Uh, there's just everybody get your draft picks. I want to see the Kraken have 50 draft draft picks in this draft because you're not, you're, you're a good portion of them will probably work out. So, mm-hmm. And, and that's what you need. You need this robust system. Eric, you have something to say, too, about this? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and feel free to chime in on this, Gabe, but I think if you said even a week or two ago that you could get, you know, a second or a third for Cal Yarncroft, you'd probably be pretty satisfied with that. So the fact you got a second, a third, and another late pick, no-brainer. Like, that's a great return for them. Um, you know, like you said, it's really important that they start building up these future assets in order to round out their organization. And, um, you know, like you were saying too, you know, they're really starting from square one still, you know, it's been a year, but they're still working on that building component of it. And, you know, the more lottery tickets you have, the better, you know, eventually something's going to work out like you were saying. And, um, you know, yeah, like I said, getting that type of return for, you know, a guy that probably you weren't really going to keep around for all that long, you know, kind of just another one of the guys out of that big group that you got, um, you know, great. And I think, you know, looking at who they chose in the expansion draft, it kind of seems like that's kind of the direction that Ron Francis wanted to go. You know, he picked a lot of guys that were on expiring contracts this year. You know, so I think his his target and his goal with the expansion draft was, yeah, maybe we'll be competitive this year. Maybe we won't, but that's fine because we're going to flip a lot of these guys and get, you know, decent assets in return for that. So, you know, I I like that direction. Um, I think that's, you know, a great way to build up a franchise. I mean, they don't have necessarily a kind of like a a big time trade chip that they're going to move. I mean, they have Giordano. He'll probably get a decent return, but you know, it's not like they have a guy that, you know, is like, oh, surefire first round pick, quality prospect, you know, all of that. Yeah. So, you know, you might not have the super high end quality that they'll be getting back, but they, they certainly should get a lot of quantity. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having two, three, four second round picks, third round picks. You know, that's that's how you end up building a quality system. So I like the direction that they're heading, and I'm sure that uh, there will be quite a few more deals like that that they'll be making throughout the weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the way their their team is, like, you know, there's fan favorites and things like that. Like, I like Brandon Tanev a lot, but, you know, if someone was to come, come if someone was to come up and say, hey, I'll give you, you know, a second and third for Brandon Tanev, like, see ya, man. Uh, there's there's really no one, I you know, no one that has to stay, uh, so... Well, I mean, Jared McCann has to say because they just paid him. But well, um, they could trade him too. But I mean, they, I, I'm just saying, yeah, they they could. But also, like piggybacking on what those guys said, Ron Francis knows how to build an organization. I mean, he was with Carolina. Allegedly, 
<laughs> Allegedly, right. Yeah. He was with Carolina for those number of years. He's seen what they've done. Carolina's drafted well. They've made some savvy trades. So, yeah, I, I think Yaron Kruk is the first guy to go. Marcus Johansson is probably going to go. He's on an expiring deal. He's He can play all three wing positions. Like, they're going to just keep shipping out guys. And like you said, Gate, they've got to build the ECHL team and the AHL team. So even if these, like, third round or seventh round picks don't make the NHL, they can still fill out the rest of your organization. Yeah, which is definitely. A good, a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they got, let's see, Johansson, Appleton, Cole Lind, uh, Riley Sheehan, Ryan Donato, Morgan Geeky, Colin Blackwell. Those guys are all on expiring contracts this year. Um, so, you know, those guys could be rentals. Uh, plus you have Hayden Fleury, and Jeremy Lausanne, but they're, you know, both uh, RFAs, and uh, Giordano's a UFA. And yeah, they don't, the goal, the, they don't uh, seem to like Hayden Fleury for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, he's been getting, uh, he's been getting the shaft a lot. Yeah. Uh, which I don't, you know, I don't necessarily understand. They, they seem to love Jeremy Lausanne, and I hate that guy. I don't, I don't <laughs> like him at all. Everything I've seen from him, he's digging the puck out of his own net, uh, and he's just, you know, taking stupid penalties, and I'm not a fan of him. But, um, they seem to like him better. I don't know why. Uh, Will Borgen, he, he, he's another player that, like, he took a while to get into the lineup. And when he when he did get into the lineup, he played pretty well. So uh, the, the, the the problem is, is you know, it is not uh, their defense as much as it's their offense is just not putting the puck in the net enough. And the puck ends up back in their own end too much. They, they have pretty good, you know, uh, underlying numbers as far as possession goes. It's they're, they're not horrible. They're decent for a team with the record that they have, but um, they just can't score. They can't score, and they haven't gotten any saves. So when the puck ends up in their back, in their end, uh, they got sub-900 goaltending, which they should be getting better uh, goaltending out of those two guys that they have. So um, that's why, uh, you know, I, I think I saw someone mention, like, uh, sending Drieger and uh, Giordano to Maple Leafs for, like, Mrazek and... Uh, I don't know, uh, Dylan McDermott or something like, or is it Dylan McDermott or Travis, Tom, Tom McDermott or whatever, um, doing a trade like that, uh, and sending, you know, Drieger out. I, I mean, I like Drieger and I, I don't hate Grubauer. I'm not as big as some people are on, on him, but, um, and, and, and they have Joey Decord too, or weren't all bad goalies, uh, but they got to ship things up, um. Uh, so shifting back, we're going to go back to the Blackhawks now. Uh, we've talked enough Seattle for now. Everyone's dozing off. Um, so uh, let's start with, first of all, we could talk about Mark uh, Alex Vlasic. Alex Vlasic signed his entry-level deal with the Blackhawks. He was a second-round draft pick a couple of years back. Um, big defenseman out of Boston. Is BU or Boston? He was Boston University. Yeah. Big defenseman, probably going to be more of a defensive uh, defenseman, but um, he's got size and hopefully he can move his feet. Um, We'll see what happens. Uh, Sean, start with you. Yeah, I like uh, the move. I'm glad that they brought him in. Uh, We kind of had a debate, Eric and myself, about um, if he plays right now, he does burn a year off his entry-level contract. So that is, for me, it's kind of an issue just because you want them under, you want them um, under a lower cost for three years as opposed to two. But you got to see what you have in them, and this 
especially if they move uh, Calvin Hahn. Connor Murphy's hurt right now. Um, there's really this is really the, like the best opportunity to get him in the lineup. Um, maybe especially if Eric Gustafson just hopefully disappears. You could play him. You could play. Um, why am I blanking on his? Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Alec Regula. Uh, yeah, Alec Regula. There you go. And um, the fifth round pick, who's been up a bunch of times, uh, 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 Galvis. Jakob oh, Galvis. Galvis. Yeah. yeah. So so you hopefully are forming some some young defensive core where maybe you can build around. So I like the move. And yeah. it's good to sign your draft picks. Yeah, for sure. Bardo. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Sean said. I mean, I would give them a shot, especially if there are some bodies that are moved um, on Monday. And, um, yeah, let's see what the kid has. I mean, if, if he gets a 20-game trial or if he, you know, really doesn't look the part, then send him down and, and develop him further. So um, if, if they think that he can handle it or want to give him a shot at handling, trying to handle it, let's do it. And, you know, at this point, it's really all about, you know, finding young players, identifying who your future is going to be. So um, I don't have a problem with it. So if they think that he's that he's ready for it. Eric. Yeah. So one thing that we had been talking about um, after the news came out, you know, we were like Sean was saying, the burn a year of the contract. Um, I don't know if we've gotten true confirmation on this but i think we've gathered that if you sign at 20 years old or older out of the ncaa that you there isn't the option to slide that contract it just starts when you sign it so you know we've seen that with other college players too you know signing at the end of a season um like i remember back in the day blake hillman it was the same thing um, his first year was used up that at the end of that season. Um, I think Dennis Gilbert too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Guys like that, yeah. you know, they're upperclassmen in college when they sign, you know, that there isn't the option to slide that year. So that's just kind of how it works for those guys. Now, the way you can get around that is if you sign them to the three-year deal starting the next year, and then they join the AHL team on a PTO. And yeah, I think it's that. A, is it a PTO or it's a PTO or an ATO? It might be an yeah, ATO. I think it's a PTO. Here's whichever. A whichever. Yeah. Essentially, they're, they're not actually under contract for the rest of that season, but you have to do that in the AHL. You can't be on an ATO playing NHL regular season games. Right. Yeah. So – the only way for them to get Alex Vlasic into the lineup this season was to sign him to his three-year ELC and, you know, have that start immediately. So, you know, I don't have a problem with that because, you know, you look at a lot of the other young defensemen in the system, you know, Wyatt Kalanuck, Ian Mitchell, you know, guys like that, they're still not really, you know, fully physically developed and fully, you know, ready to handle the physical nature of the NHL. Whereas you look at Alex Vlasic, the dude is 6'6", 215. He can handle the physicality of the NHL right now. It's more so just seeing if he can handle the pace of play and you know thinking the game a little bit faster than obviously it is at the college level. So, you know, I don't mind it in that regard because you know he's not just gonna get his brains beat in every single night. 
Um, you know, and I don't think the plan is to be playing him every night either. You know, it's, it sounds like they're not even sure if he'll play this weekend or not. So I don't mind, you know, just easing him in. Maybe he plays every second game, every third game, plays very sheltered minutes, presumably kind of just learns on the job. They see what he can do. That's fine. I, you know, I don't see anything wrong with doing that. And, you know, kind of if they did go the PTO, ATO route in the AHL, I'm not sure, you know, yeah, maybe that would be an easier transition for him. But there's such a log jam down there, too, that it's like how much of an opportunity would he really get? And then he would be taking ice time away from other guys, too. So it's, I don't know. I mean, it's well documented. They have far too many average defensive prospects. So, you know, if, if you're going to sign him and have him playing somewhere the rest of the season, I think this was the way to do it. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what he can do and whatever opportunity he does get. Yeah, and there's nothing to say that, you know, he doesn't come in, he plays three games, and then they send him down to the AHL, and mm-hmm. he just finishes the season in the AHL. There's there's nothing that says he's going to finish the season with the Blackhawks. And maybe, I'll be honest, I don't think he should. Um, you know, you get him in there, see what he looks like for a couple of games. Just give him his little taste, burn his, you know, you're probably doing him a favor. They probably ask that, you know, he'd be signed this year so that they could burn a year off. So he's one year closer to, you know, getting a little bit of a bigger, uh, bigger payday. That's what, that's just the thing they do nowadays. Um, you know, just like with the long-term injury, you know, they just work the cap and this is how they work the cap. So that uh, and work the CBA so that you know players get paid a little earlier. So I think that's what's going to end up happening with that. Um, sure, you're probably going to see some cool things out of them, but we've seen this many, many times before. Blackhawks players come in in their first game and they look like, you know, they're world beaters. Drew LeBlanc, like Michael Paleota. Paleota, yeah, uh, like all these guys, like they come in and they look good for a game or two because that adrenaline of them playing their first game. But then he's going to settle back down to earth, and and then you'll really see what you have with him and how much, you know, development he needs. And you know, I am I'm I have hope for him. I, when they drafted him, I hope that you know someday he turns into like a you know a, a lighter version of what Brent Seabrook was in his heyday. You know, a big guy that can move, that can hit people, and could still you know pitch in a, a little bit of offense here and there too. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be nice if it did happen. Uh, just, you know, because they, they, they're going to need something like that. And we don't know if they have anything like that right now. He may be the closest thing to it. So, um, Anyone else got anything about Vlasic or you want me to move on? Nicholas Bodan is also one of those undersized defensemen that's still walling e- away. In Ian room. Mitchell, all the guys, yeah. I mean, Ian, quote-unquote Ian. Um, He's no Seth Orr, though. <laughs> He's no Sethor. All right, I'm going to move to the next subject of the Blackhawks because uh, I didn't want to hang too long on that, but we really want to get into the meat of the trade deadline stuff. So um, we know Mark Andre Flory. We'll kind of talk about that a little bit. We'll kind of uh, wrap up maybe on, on that one. But um, the the biggest thing we've seen in the last couple of days, and it's kind of really blown up lately, is Dominic Kubalik, who's one of my favorite players on the Blackhawks. Like I have a Dominic Dominic Kubalik jersey. Uh, I don't want to see him go, but if you you know if you get the right deal for him, see ya later. You know, um, it looks like uh, Anaheim, Edmonton, LA, and Winnipeg are all possible destinations for Dominic Kubalik, which is interesting. Um, but um, what do we think here? Uh, we will go to Sean. My thought process on that is, um, I'm curious to know Anaheim. It seems like it's a mute for the future because Anaheim 
is still kind of hanging around. The Kings are in a position where they sh- should be able to make the playoffs, and they're going to need a veteran scorer. I would like, if he did go back to the Kings, I would like to get something hopefully from their system, whether it's a draft pick or maybe even a prospect, because they seem to be doing well drafting. They have a wise. really good system. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That, that, that would be the destination I'd like them to go. Um, hopefully they, they can find – I mean, the market seems to be kind of crazy for guy, for fringe middle-tier guys right now. So hopefully uh, Kyle Davidson can maximize that and turn it, this into a couple of assets. How wild would it be? The Blackhawks got Dominic Kulik for, what, a seventh-round draft pick from L.A.? Yep. How wild would it be if they got, like, a decent, even a decent prospect back from L.A. after they used, you know – Kubelik for free for a couple of years. Uh, how wild would it be if you got you know, would, another asset back? That'd be uh, crazy. That. Well, was that was that Dean Lombardi who traded him? Probably, was, I don't know. Uh, but and now it's um, I can't think of his name. Rob Blake. Yeah, Rob Blake, who's running the show, and Rob Blake's done a really good job there. So, Eric. Yeah, I mean, going back to what you were just saying, you know, about taking, I think it was a fifth round pick that they gave up for him, but you know taking that, essentially using him for free, getting something better in return, what is that called, everybody? Asset maximization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and yeah, like we said, it seems like the market for that kind of a player right now is pretty solid. You know, I mean, would you, obviously it depends on the, the team situation, but would you rather have, you know, Dominic Kubelik or Cali Yarncroft? Again, depends on the team, but you know, those guys are probably fairly similar value-wise. You know, if a team is looking for depth scoring, you can do a lot worse than Dominic Kubelik on your third line. You know, he's probably one of those guys that performs a little bit better the more ice time he has. But, you know, still, if you can get, you know, a, a couple clutch goals out of him in, the, in a playoff run, you know, that's that's hugely valuable. So, um you know, and, and can even kind of help you diversify your lineup a little bit. If you have a legit goal scoring threat on three lines, that's going to help you. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, I think that they could probably expect a somewhat decent return, especially in light of the Yarncroc deal. Um, you know, like you guys were saying, if you can get a second round pick or something for him, great. No problem. Um, if they end up keeping him, you know, it's it kind of – Similar type of thing as the Dylan Strom situation. You have to have guys playing NHL minutes. You have to have guys still scoring goals during a rebuild. It's just, that's a fact. 4.4 is his qualifying offer. It's it's a little bit high. I mean, especially given that he's been on a downward trend since his rookie year. Obviously, that would have been the time to to cash out on him. But, you know, at that point, they were probably thinking, this is what he's going to be. He's going to be a 30, 35 goal scorer for, you know, the foreseeable future. And obviously now we see that's not the case, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, he's one of those guys where if they decide to keep him around through the rebuild, okay, fine. But if you get, if you can get a decent return for him, yeah, absolutely. Let him go and, and uh, hope that you can turn around those assets into something, you know, of some good quality, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, another thing that I kind of think about too, in the grand picture of the trade deadline, especially for teams like the Blackhawks and the Kraken, if you're getting draft picks in return for these types of guys, you should probably be able to at least replace them with that pick that you're getting. 
you know, like we'll talk about Brandon Hagel later, I'm sure. But like, if you're getting a late first round draft pick for a guy like Brandon Hagel, you have a big problem if you cannot replace him with a first round pick. So if you're, if you're getting a first round pick and more, no brainer, do it. Yeah. And, and, and there, there's, there's like three tiers here in the Blackhawks of players. They basically got for free that now what you do with that, when you get a player for free that no one else wanted is you turn, you flip it around and you get an asset for it. And then you, you come out on top, no matter what happened, Dominic Kubelik's one, Marc-Andre Fleury and Brandon Hagel. They're all players that you got for free. You got them for free. Like the most you paid was a fifth round draft pick pretty much for any of them. And you have to turn them around and turn that into value. That's what you do. That's what a gen, an NHL general manager, his job is to do that. So that's what they should be doing right now. I like Brandon Hagel as much as everybody does, but you got him for free. He's probably not going to be, he's probably not going to have that value much longer He's young, he's cost-controlled. Some team will probably overpay for him, and he will probably, in two or three years, end up being that guy that you're like, well, what happened to him three years ago? Bardo, jump in. So I'm less bullish on what we can get, what the Blackhawks can get in return for Kubelik. I just think he's a one-trick pony. And look, what he does is he scores goals, and he's very and he's good at it. He hasn't really shown it much this year, but... Um, to me, um, I agree with Eric. I think putting him on a third line would probably make the most sense, um, you know, on a cup contender. But I, I think it, for me, it's a little bit hard to compare the return of, you know, what what Seattle got for Yankrock versus what the Hawks could and what that means for the Hawks in terms of what the return would be for Kubelik because they're two totally different players. I just see Yankrock as being more of of a playoff type performer. I mean, he can kill penalties. He can play play a shutdown role. You know, he, you could put him in an offensive role in a pinch in, in a certain situation where he could maybe play a little puck possession. You know, for Kubelik, you know, I think he's got a nice shot, and I think he can you know score goals. But apart from that, I just don't see what else he can do. And he's the type of guy where I can see him pissing off a a coach and then all of a sudden he doesn't see the uh, the ice for a couple of games or whatever. So to me, I think I'm hopeful for a third round. Look, if they get a second, I, I take it and run. Um, I'm thinking more third, fourth ish, but that that's just my opinion on him. Yeah. And, and he's like, he, he's what he is, is. He's a second power play guy, mm-hmm. uh, a trigger man on a second power play. And he's probably like a fringe second, third line winger, uh, you know, on a, on a team where, where you really need him, he could play that second line and be a trigger man on that line. He's not going to completely drive the play. He's not going to run your offense, but he could be a trigger man and he's got a good heavy shot. You can yep. work him around the power play. And that can also be valuable in the playoffs to a team that had, you know, that let's just say, for example, like the, the, the Edmonton, who has a really good first power play, but their second power play, you roll it out there, and they're just a liability. Well, maybe they want to bolster that second power play, you know, that kind of thing, um, if they were to even make the playoffs, which they're probably not. But, you know, that's just that's just where he is. Um, you know, maybe he's kind of cost-controlled. He's an RFA. Um, they're going to, you know, he, he, like Sean said, with the qualifying offer, um, you know, he's, he's still relatively... Uh, cheap 
you know, based on what he can produce for you, if he can continue to produce. This year he started off red hot, and now he's really cooled off. So he hasn't really been consistent, and that would kind of scare me as a as a Kraken, you know, uh, coverage guy. Uh, that would scare me off. But, you know, if the Kraken were to, were to take a flyer on him because he's going to be fairly cheap and he can put the puck in there, that's something they need. So, yeah. Anyone else got anything on uh, on that, on the Kubalik? All right, cool. All right, I'm going to flip back over to the Kraken. Uh, this is going to probably be, until the questions, this is going to be my last Kraken topic because I don't want to monopolize it with my Kraken talk, uh, my ass Kraken talk. Phil McCracken. Uh, Phil McCracken. Um, Mark Giordano, um, he's their captain. He was taken you know, off uh, by, from Calgary uh, in the expansion draft. Uh, you know, he's, he's had an okay year. Uh, but he's been their captain. He's been their leader and everything like that. But I, even even when they were, first picked him, I saw people talking about you know that he he he's probably going to be a deadline flip anyway, and uh, he could end up going somewhere. I've heard uh, you know possibly like I mentioned earlier uh, with the Leafs or you know someone who needs to bolster the defense. Maybe it could have been uh, you know Arizona before they got Josh Manson. If they needed that extra guy on the back end. They could bolster, you know, the back, you know, the the third pair or whatever, the three through six slot, um, with that uh, playoff experience that he has, and you know, he just won a Norris Trophy a couple of years ago. You know, he he could help. Um, he runs the power play, doesn't he? Too doesn't he captain? Yeah, I don't know whether he should be or not, but um, okay. You know what? If you get something for him, if you can get, you know, for a Mark Giordano, you get a second round pick. I'm, 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 see ya, man. You know, second round pick this year, bolster it up. Get as many, you, if you, you, you just acquired a second round pick. Now you'd have another second round pick. You're going to have your own second round pick. You'd have three second round picks. Even if you wanted to package some of those together to get somebody else, like that's, that's what you're going to, that's what you have to do. So, uh, let's see. Let's start. Uh, who ended last time? Bardo? Yeah. Bardo, what do you think about Giordano? What do you, where do you think he could go? What do you think he could get for him? So Toronto, you mentioned, I think that's, I, I think, look, I think a second round pick and probably another pick is certainly worth it because defensemen, especially guys who could play the top four are, you know, important this time of year. Um, I think a team like the Rangers is another possibility because, um, you know, they're a team that has given up a, a ton of shots and especially high danger shots. And, and that's, you know, not a good formula going into the playoffs. So um, and he'd be a good mentor for a lot of their young defensemen. Um, so I think the Rangers are certainly a candidate to get him as well. I heard Calgary can certainly reacquire him, yeah. uh, which, which would be interesting as well. So, I, I mean, I think those are the three teams that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Yeah, and, and Calgary would be an interesting thing because then, you know, it, I don't know if this stuff really factors in, but it's always a good storyline or something like that, like win one for Geo, you know? Win one for Gio. We brought him back, and we're going to take him to the, you know, take him to the promised land. Uh, it's going to be, you know, he's going to do his victory lap kind of thing. There, there, there's, there's always those stories like that that kind of propel teams in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that would be kind of cool to see as well. Uh, Shawnee, what do you think about Giordano? Yeah, I think Calgary makes the most sense. Like you just said, the homecoming um, would make a lot of sense there. Um, like. Like I said, he's on their power play. Maybe he's not there. I don't know if he's a fit in Toronto just because I think they have – I know Kyle Dubas said two weeks ago 
that they their move was going to be at a defenseman. But like we talked about earlier, I think they have a bigger needed goaltender. So I think that should be the priority for them. That's going to um, be a mess. I, I don't think they're going to be able to figure that one out. I see. I think a, a name that's not a, being really floated out there, Semyon Varlamov from the Islanders. I think the Islanders are out of it. Why not move? If, yeah. if, they, if they can't get any goaltender, you got to go get somebody. Varlamov might be the guy they go get from the Islanders. Yeah, the hilarious uh, thing is this this Anton Forsberg re, um, the thing where all of a sudden uh, in like, the, you know, his sixth year in the league, uh, he's all of a sudden become a good goalie because he's having one good year. Like that could all change. You take him off of out of that system that he's playing in. Yeah. He is one of those guys like Devin Dubnik. I, I never believed in Devin Dubnik ever. Nope. Like he, he got in a system where he played very well. He had put up good numbers. He even got Vezina votes because of it. But you, that was, anywhere else he went, he was terrible. He was released it, three times in one season. Yeah. Yeah. Three times. He played with Nashville. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't Nashville, Minnesota, and somebody out uh, Buffalo, I think. All in the Montreal. same Montreal. He played with Montreal, Arizona. He played with a bunch yeah. of teams. Well, look at Cam Talbot after he left the um, the Rangers. The system on, yeah, the, the system that Tortorella had. He left yeah. there, and, and then all of a sudden he just sucked. So yeah. look at and, look at the and, two Kraken goalies, Drieger and Grubauer. Great point. Yeah, exactly. Great point. Grubauer played so well with with the Avs. He played okay with the Caps, and then you had uh, you know Drieger who started out with Ottawa and then went down to Florida and played really well in Florida. But now he comes. Neither one of those guys. Those guys are are. I think they're sub eight ninety goalies. Yeah, they they're are that was, bad. I was looking and at it. It's uh, point eight eight and point eight five. What's that, Bardo? But I was going to say, this is also the problem that I have when you're, you know, whether you're rebuilding or you're a cup contender, what it is, it's like, you know, you don't need to spend a billion and one dollars on, on goaltending and, and build fr- from the goaltender out. You need to build on defense and build at, at center because, you know, if you have a goaltender that could make the big save when you need it, your defense should be keeping the puck away from the goaltender and your offense should be able to possess the puck so that it stays out of the, your own zone. So, I mean, if you look at the Hawks won three Stanley Cups with two different goaltenders, you know, and it's not to take away from, from Corey Crawford, but like, look at who, who they were the first time with. It was, uh, was Andy Andy Andy. yeah, because they could not get a save from Cristobal Huey. They yeah. couldn't. Right. Oh, but, he's so terrible. they had to put Niemi in there. Oh, I hate right, him. But Niemi I don't want to disagree. I mean, he's a, he was a talented goaltender, but he wasn't standing on his head, you know? Yeah, I don't want this to be a Huey hate cast, but I hated it. He oh, I hated, the, could not I hated the signing. I thought the signing was terrible. And yeah, I he was said that year that Niemi was going to be the starter. Um, because I, I look, I thought he's a talented kid, but I wasn't ready to call him, you know, the second coming of uh, you know, Vasilevsky or whoever. They, but I mean, they even wrote they wrote um the Bulin Wall over yeah. um well that was they, the thing over Heway the year before. Right. Well, that was the thing. Yeah, they had they had Crawford in the system who was ready to come up, they had uh Hobby Bullen for another year. They could have they could have hung on to him and not signed Huey, mm-hmm. and then the next year figured out what to do if they wanted you know if they yeah. didn't like Crawford or whatever they didn't want to do. But they ran out there because Huey had that improbable run uh, with, with the you capitals. know he was traded from yeah. Montreal to the Caps, and it was all you know it was all a scam, and that's the way I felt back then, and, and definitely it's shown to be that way. But, it was all a big scam. He moved out yeah. of system and he didn't play well with the Blackhawks because they played a different sort of system that didn't lend to his strengths. But and, yeah, I mean, but the point and, is these elite goaltenders just you can't sign them to these huge money contracts because 
you know, it's just, it's not the way to build your team. You sink it all into goaltending. You know, it's just look at Carey Price and look at, you know, DP. Jonathan Quick. And, and Luongo. Luongo. Nothing. Quick. Um, yeah. The Florida's goaltender. Uh, Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky, yeah. All right, Aaron's jumping, or I mean, uh, Eric's jumping in. Eric, what do you got to say about this? I didn't get you, sure. did I? No, no problem. So, back to Mark Giordano. Um, <laughs> Sorry, um, tangent. You know, yeah, I, I like the the storyline of, of going back to Calgary there. Um, you know, one thing that I think is something that can be overlooked, and I mean, it's something we haven't talked about yet. One thing that you always, you know, there's always a question in your mind when you're making a trade deadline acquisition is this guy going to fit in with the team, going to fit in with the system, going to fit in with the coach? If you're the Calgary Flames and you're making a move for Mark Giordano, you do not have to worry about that at all. You know he knows the system. He's familiar with the coaching staff. He's familiar with the teammates, with the systems, all that. You don't have to worry about that. You just plug him in, you know, play him on a second pair or whatever, and he'll be fine. So, you know, I, I like the Calgary – option in, in that regard. Um, I also do like the Rangers angle that you were talking about, Bardo. You know, I think just what, at this point in his career, what he can offer to a team, I think that would be a good fit for a team like the Rangers that kind of need that, you know, kind of steady presence on the back end. He can go in and, you know, be your second power play guy behind a guy like Adam Fox, um, you know, and just help settle things down. You know, and again, like, you know, someone said, kind of give you almost like a little bit of a rallying cry. Hey, we're going out getting this this veteran that hasn't won a cup. You know, let's get one for him. You know, we're a yeah. good team. We get this guy that gives us even just a little bit more motivation. So, you know, I think those are both, um, you know, good fits for different reasons. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, and I'm curious to see what the return ends up being for him, too. Um you know, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that he will be traded. I think it's just a matter of, of when and, you know, what they're getting in return. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like you were saying, Jeff, like you kind of knew there was a pretty good chance that he was going to be a deadline flip when they picked him. So, you know, that time has come. You know, Kraken fans have been able to enjoy him for 60 games you know, kind of have a, an established veteran guy that everyone can say, yeah, I know all about that guy. You know, he's been good for the organization, but, you know, it's it's time to move on and, and get what you can. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, well, I mean, that's most of my Kraken. Uh, Sergeant Pickle said, don't, don't let these guys bully me out of my Kraken uh, content, but... Um, you got, we got to share the stage back and forth. We got to, we got to move around here. So let's head back to the Blackhawks and let's get really to the meat of why we're all here. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, the Blackhawks are going to be unloading players and there's going to be some moves between now. And I've been furiously watching Twitter just to make sure that nothing happened while this show, because I was sure something was going to happen today from both the Kraken and the Blackhawks. But, um, you know, there's some big names uh, that could get thrown out there. Uh, they could end up leaving. Uh, we, you know, we mentioned Brandon Hagel, uh, Mark Andre Fleury's. You know, that big one. We're hearing uh, late lately that he could go to Minnesota. He could play in Minnesota, which was I didn't. You know, I didn't even realize that that was going to be a possibility until now. Um, you know, Toronto could use him. 
Uh, they, they could use him back in uh, uh, Vegas because now it looks like Robin Leonard, his injury could be more, uh, you know, worse than it uh, was originally thought. And they may need him because, uh, you know, even if Robin Leonard comes back, he may not recover, you know, fully this season. So he may be good enough to play, but he might not be good enough to carry him through the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Mark andre Fleury is a nice, you know, this is the same thing that happened, what, three years ago when they brought in Ron Leonard to be the security blanket for Mark andre Fleury. It was the same thing, you know. And, and I think it's I think it's, it's silly when you hear, like, the Capitals, um, you know, the, the, he won't go to the Capitals. He won't go to Pittsburgh. He won't go to, you know, it's not going to go to Vegas. He's not going to go to Toronto. Like, really? These are all teams that can be successful this year and can possibly win the Cup. You don't want to go to a team that can win the cup. You're going to go somewhere. And, 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 and then this, this whole thing with, you know, are they going to do, do right by Mark Andre Fleury? This guy's been in the organization for like six months, you know, and he's a nice guy and everything, but you know, do you want to set the organization back like another year by not being able to get, you know, some kind of quality asset that you can now bring through your system and can be that next, that next level of player. Because Mark Andre Fleury, uh, you know, has a bug up his butt that he doesn't want to leave Chicago. I mean, I, I don't like if you're an NHL GM, you be an NHL GM and do the job, man. You can't play favorites at this point in time. You can't. Like Cal Davidson needs to come in swinging, swinging for the fences on a lot of this stuff. I'd rather him swing and miss than not even step up to the plate. That's my luck on this thing. Um, Shawnee, you start with uh, Mark Andre Fleury and uh, who you may see uh, leaving. What do you think? So, yeah, I think Kyle, I agree with you. Kyle Davidson's got to step up the plate and he's got to trade Mark andre Fleury. And the more I think about it, the more I don't th- I think all the being loyal to Mark andre Fleury is just talk. Because you look at the moves Davidson's made since he's been general manager. Like, he fired Jeremy Colvin. Got him out of town. Like, as soon as, soon as he they get, said, yeah, you had full autonomy, he canned that guy. So, I think... Despite what they're saying, I think he's a little more cutthroat that they're leading on to. Um, I, if he goes to Vegas, I would like him to go to Vegas just because, um, I mean, Vegas is in win-now mode. Like we were talking about in the chat earlier, Vegas is in win-now mode. They don't care about their prospects. Like they want to win the Stanley Cup. The ownership group wants to win the Stanley Cup. They're not going to care if Robin Leonard's hurt, Mark Stone's hurt. They've got so many injuries. They don't care. Vegas wants to win it all, and if they are begging, to... bar- they are begging, borrowing, and stealing to do everything they can to fill up that roster to win now. Yeah, I mean, they basically put Mark Stone on LTIR to fit Jack Eichel into their active roster to get him playing time before the playoffs because he hasn't played in over a year because he had a back surgery. So they're doing everything they possibly can to win the Stanley Cup. So bring in Mark Andre Fleury back to Vegas is another emotional story. Remember that, like the first marquee pick of the Vegas Golden Knights in the expansion draft was Mark Andre Fleury, mm-hmm. and they've been to the finals with him one time and they didn't win. So just like we were saying with the Giordano story, the emotional lift Mark Andre Fleury might bring being back in Vegas. His family, I don't know if he moved his family to Chicago or not, but they they felt like they were at home in Vegas. I think it's comfortable there. I think that's where he should go. If I'm yeah. Toronto, I I go to the Blackhawks. Go no 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 no. We only have a first and second round pick next year. We'll give you our first round pick. We'll go to our second round pick in 22, our first round pick in 23, and something else because they 
have to get a goalie. They have to. Otherwise, Dubas might be working for an accounting firm or something after this season because he's good with the numbers. Because he ain't going to be him and John Shaco will be hooking up together. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, or uh, how about uh, Eric? Yeah. So you know, and again, like I give said us your hot year, take. Give us your hot take. I know you've been talking about it. Your hot take about right, well, Mark Andre Fleury. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you wait. Um, <laughs> oh, just like all the women in my life. Making me wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, similar to Giordano, it's the same situation if Flory were to go back to Vegas. You know he will fit into the system, into the team, everything. You don't have to worry about that. So, you know, that's obviously a big plus, as well as for all the reasons that you guys already said. So, yeah, if he's traded, that I would love to see that. You know, it, it makes sense for everybody involved. Um like Sean just said to Toronto, I think has to make a move for a goalie. I, you know, I just don't think that they can go into the playoffs with what they have. It, it, it's just not, it's not even just about on ice, but if you have that team that they have, that's built to win and you clearly have a problem and don't address it, that's just a huge problem. So yeah, I think they have to make a move for goalie, whether it's Flurry, whether it's Varlamov, whether it's trying to get, you know, Eunice Corpusalo or, you know, whoever it might be. They have to make a move for a goalie, period. And yeah. I think that they recognize that and will be aggressive with trying to get at least something. Um, you know, if you're going into the playoffs with Campbell and Mrazek or, you know, this new guy, Shelgren. It's not a good situation at all. No, so. you can't. That guy just made his first NHL start the other day. You can't go into the playoffs with that guy. No. Yeah. So, yeah, I think those are probably the two destinations that do make the most sense, um, you know, just with team need and also what Flurry can kind of provide. Um, you know, another thing, too, let's say Toronto goes and gets, you know, a Varlamov or a Corpusalo or something. You can't overlook the fact that Toronto and that market is nuts. I don't know if those guys can handle that. There are very few players that can handle that. It's kind of yep. like Carey Price in Montreal. It's a huge spotlight. It's a lot of pressure just being in that position. Marc-Andre Fleury is the kind of guy that can handle that. It's just a matter of if he wants to. So anyway, back to what Jeff was wanting me to get at earlier. Um, <laughs> my thing here, and I said this in my piece, right or wrong, the situation is – they say they're honoring whatever he wants. Again, you can argue right or wrong. It doesn't matter. That's what they say they're doing. So if that's what they're doing, that's what they're doing. Now, yes, obviously, sort of the future of the franchise and everything, absolutely move him. Get him out of here as soon as possible. Get whatever you, you know, the best return is you can get for him and build for your future, absolutely. But there's a good chance that that just will not happen. And again, right or wrong, and that's just going to be the reality of it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was listening to a podcast today. I think it was Blackhawks talk with Emily Kaplan on there. She was saying that I believe if she had to put a percentage on it right now, that it would be like 60% that he does not get moved. Ugh. So we'll see what happens. I mean, there's still whatever, four days. Um, you know, I think, at least based on kind of what we're hearing and reading 
over the last week or so, it does seem to be trending in the direction that he will be moved. So, you know, yeah, personally, I would love to see if he's moved, what that return is. Um, you know, I think it's great, you know, not for those teams, but great for the Hawks, certainly, that now you do have two teams that have very quickly become very desperate for a quality goaltender. So, you know, and are both very much in win-now mode. And Marc-Andre Fleury is the epitome of a win-now goalie. So, you know, I think if he's willing to move and you could get a bidding war going between Vegas and Toronto, that's like best-case scenario. So, you know, we've talked about earlier this year, you know, Jeff, I know you were very much like there's no chance that Marc-Andre Fleury gets you a first-round pick. I don't know about that anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think the market's drunk right now. I think he gets a first yeah, rounder. I think. Well, in, I mean, look at the way he started the season, though. The way he started the season, he did not look like a player that you're going to be able to flip no. for a first round pick. Then look he find, the, found his. He found well, he it, but the, he kind of lost it again too. He had the boy wonder as his coach. It, like, I mean, come on, and yeah. it was like the Jason Todd version of Robin coaching the team. That's how bad he was. Right. They killed him off. So, but yeah, I mean, you know. You look at the market right now, you look at that, you know, you said throughout the season, he has reestablished himself as being a, a very high-end goaltender. Um, you know, yeah, his numbers aren't great, but that's because he's getting shelled every single night. You put him behind, you know, a good defense like Vegas, he'll be fine. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be very intrigued to see if he does want to move and they, you know, move him what that return could be because, you know, with how crazy the market is and how desperate a couple of these teams could be, it could be a much bigger turn than we think. You know, it, it could be a first and more, you know, a quality prospect. It sounds like their asking price is a first and a decent prospect. You know, so let's say he wants to go to Toronto. Toronto gives you a first and, you know, Abrazesi or Nick Robertson or, who, you know, Rodion Amarov, whoever it might be. That's a home run for the Blackhawks. Yeah, for sure. Bardo. So I, I think, I know I said earlier that I think, I don't think he wants to go to Toronto. Maybe that changes. I don't know. But to me, Toronto is going to be the most desperate because we're all old enough to remember when their arch rival, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, went to the Stanley Cup final um, and made a run, albeit it was in a shortened season, COVID year and all that. But um, they still got to a Stanley Cup final, and it's in the history books that that's where they were. They're the defending Eastern Conference champions right now. But they were a very flawed roster. They got hot at the right time. They stink right now. And so Toronto, I'm sure, is looking at them saying, like, what the hell do we have to do to go get to, to get there and, and make a move in the playoffs? Because we haven't done that. And Flurry is their answer right now because, Look, the defense to me is still an issue. It's been an issue for me in Toronto for years. But um, if you could get somebody who could is capable of carrying you um, in net, you do it. And maybe you could, you could throw in a Calvin DeHaan to help their uh, their back end a little bit as well. Um, so, I mean, the thing that concerns me about Vegas, and I totally agree with, with Sean's uh, points about how they're totally going for it, I just think that their system is so bare there's just nothing there. I mean, I, I, there's nothing in there that really impresses me. I mean, Krebs just got traded to me. He was their best prospect, I believe, but um, I just don't see what they would be able to get. That would actually be 
of interest. Um, so they have Brendan yeah, Brisson. What's that? They have Brendan Brisson. That's about it. That's true. But I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna let him go. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's down to really, you know, those two teams because I think Washington is, you know, like I said earlier, I think there's some sentimental issue there with Pittsburgh. He doesn't want to, you know, do that. But I think it's I think it's a bidding war. And to me, I, and going back to what Eric was talking about earlier regarding, you know, that he, that he may decide he doesn't want to move. I, to me, I think, and they're going to honor his, you know, his wishes. I think it's a little bit of media spin to me and, and to help drum up a little bit of a market. And so if it doesn't work out and they're unable to trade or they don't get any sort of offers, um, then they'll come back and say, you know what, look, you know, we, uh, you know, we decided that, it, that to honor his, uh, his wishes, but I don't know. I think there's a little PR spin in there some uh, somewhere. Sean, if he doesn't get traded, then we won't see Kevin Lankin in again this season. Mark Andrew Fleury will play every game for the rest of the year. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's not I like mean, you got to save him up for anything. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do a quick around the horn. Um, you guys are going to handle the Blackhawks. I'm going to handle the Kraken. Just off the top of your head, your thoughts. And I know we didn't really talk much about Calvin DeHaan, so we can maybe touch on that a little bit too. Um, just going around the horn. Um, I'm going to start with the Kraken, who I see possibly leaving in, in trade uh, at the trade deadline. Um, I'm, I'm looking down the roster. I'm thinking, um, let's see. You could see, well, like I said, Marcus Johansson could go. I could see Ryan Donato, even though I like him, he could end up going. Uh, Colin Blackwell could be a depth player on somebody's roster. Uh, he may or may not go, uh, but he's, he's a cheap player. Uh, Giordano goes. Um, and as far as on the defense, I'm going to say because he has not looked like he, the, the, caver, the, the coach favors him, Hayden Flurry. I think they might dump Hayden Flurry. He's uh, on the last year of a deal where he's going to be an RFA next year. You might be able to get something for him if you don't plan on using him for the future and you keep on playing, you know, Lausanne and Borgen and Susie and, and those guys over Flurry. Um, that, that's kind of who I see going as far as the cracking go. Um, let's see. Start off with Eric. Who uh, Blackhawks, who you see leaving? Who's your prediction? So I would say 110% Ryan Carpenter, Calvin DeHaan, Dominic Kubalik. I think all three of those guys are as good as gone. Um, more than that, I don't know if there's anyone that I would say is 110% gone. If Flurry is willing to go, he's absolutely gone, but we don't know that. Um, after that, you know, I think maybe you could see Dylan Strom if someone really wants to pony up and give a second, you know, maybe even more than that, um, then he could go. Um, I don't want to give away too much of my, my piece if you guys haven't read it, but one name that I think is, you know, not someone that has been talked about much at all is Sam Lafferty. Um, you know, he's on an expiring contract. He's been playing decently well of late. He's kind of that guy that you know, can play a playoff style game. He's a heavy, gritty guy, you know, not afraid to do dirty work. And uh, even though he, you know, has kind of had some bad fortune, um, you know, with, with not scoring much of late, he's been creating a lot of chances. So, you know, maybe if he can start finding, you know, that production, you know, he could be a really solid fourth line pickup for a team, um, you know, looking for that depth, you know, maybe he's a 12th or 13th forward for a cup contender, but, um, you know, there's still value in that. So, 
Um, it seems like the Hawks do like him, so I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him and re-sign him. But if they're willing to let him go, you know, I could definitely see there being a market for a guy like that. Not that he would bring a big return, but um, that's just kind of a, an underrated name that not a lot of people have been thinking about recently because there are all of those, you know, bigger, more well-known names like Dahan and Kubalik and Flurry, and you know, that people just assume are going to be traded. Um, you know, Sam Lafferty is kind of like my dark horse that could be traded. Gotcha. Shawnee. So I agree with all of Eric's guys. Uh, my dark horse, uh, I don't think, I think they're going to re-sign Sam Lafferty. I think they just like him too much. Colby Cohen probably wants to, you know, get Shamrock shakes with him today. Um, <laughs> something like that. My dark horse to be traded is, I have two actually. I think Riley Stillman could be a guy who's moved. Yes. In a lesser deal, just a defenseman, somebody looking for a depth defenseman. As long and, as it's not the Kraken. And don't be surprised. Like The Blackhawks need a goalie for the future because they have uh, Kevin Lankinen's at RFA. Uh, Colin Dealey is a UFA. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, regardless if he doesn't get traded or not, I don't want to re-sign him. So I'm going to say Kevin Lankinen could be a name that's out there that could be traded at the deadline too to hopefully bring back a controlled goaltender that they could platoon with somebody else next year. Soderblom. You forgot about Soderblom. Uh, I did. I, I He needs to be seasoned more. He gives up too many juicy rebounds right but now. But I think, I think they like him, and I think that's the guy who they're trying to develop. So For okay. sure. Developing Rockford. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Bartle, what do you think, man? So, Shawnee, I'm going to 100% disagree with you. Ooh, okay. fight. All right. Colby Cohen, Colby Cohen is not going to be asking him for Shamrock Shakes. He is a member of the tribe. So today being Purim is going to go go out for some humintoshins with him. So get it right, my friend. Oh, Boom. I apologize. Nailed it. I apologize. <laughs> Come on. So, uh, you know, I, I agree with the guys that you had all mentioned um, in terms of um, who's likely to go. I mean, you know, I think Dahan is, is, is a goner. I, I, I think. Carpenter's gone. Um, you know, uh, I think as far as a, a sleeper goes, um, I would actually say Henrik Borgstrom. I don't know if that experiment is working here. Um, maybe another coach will give him a chance, but he's actually had two coaches and he has, I know he's had some injuries too, but I, I just think that time may be running out for him. And I think he was a Stan Bowman guy that was sort of overpromised of being this great guy and underdelivered mm-hmm. on the ice. He was um, the greatest hockey, greatest college hockey player Stan Bowman ever saw. Right. So just like Ian Mitchell was ready for the NHL three years ago. Exactly. Yeah. And what so, school do they play for? The University of Denver. Both. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Take so that, Aaron. I, <laughs> I think I, I think he's a guy that could be you know, a change of scenery guy. He plays center. Um, I don't like giving up center so easily and so quickly, but I, I just, I, I'm not seeing anything from him enough. I'm not seeing enough from him. I should say. As, gotcha. as, as coach Q used to say, we need more from him. <laughs> oh, I miss coach Q on the, on the rink. Uh, not, not any of the shenanigans, you know, that, that was just, just off the cuff. Um, Someone was uh, mentioning that, you know, they can't believe that uh, there wasn't a coaching change in uh, in Vegas yet because of the way they've they've just completely tanked. And uh, I uh, the, the thought that immediately came to my mind, and I don't know if this could even happen, 
Um, but what if they fired DeBoer and hired Joel Quenville? Mm-hmm. You know, what? that seems does, like something they would do. Does he have to, like, Vegas, I think, would have to, like, because I know Quenville has to talk to Gary Bettman in order to get back in the league. Yeah. Does um, They'd have to jump then, through some hoops, but they would yeah. do it. They would 100% do it. I mean, they fired Gerard Gallant for nothing. Uh, yeah, really. they didn't – and they didn't even get him a car. They made him take a cab. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into questions. Uh, we got two questions. Um, my boy that I mentioned earlier, Sergeant Pickles, uh, who's S Pickles thirteen on uh, on Twitter. He uh, he asked, and I kind of mentioned some of these players before, but uh, on the Kraken roster, who are some players you think they should target to re-sign? Uh, Donato and Blackwell come to mind if the price is right. Uh, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm not a huge Colin Blackwell guy, but he's he's brought a lot to 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 the team, and I really like Ryan Donato. He's one of those guys, and and while yeah, I I'd like to see him stick around, and he's been a, a really good success story. He's a guy they got for free. He was a free agent last minute. They signed him right before the season started, and he's been you know really good for them. Uh, but if you could flip him for an asset that's going to be more important down the road, then you're going to do that too. So. Um, you know, they're going to resign. They're going to probably resign uh, players like, you know, maybe, well, I think at least like Cole Lind, um, some of the guys on defense, like they may let Flurry go or they may trade him. Like I said earlier, uh, I think they're going to resign Jeremy Lozon, even though I can't stand him. I don't like him. Uh, he's an RFA. Um, but, um, you know, they get, they get some guys with some term on the roster too. But um, Marcus Johansson, I mean, if you wanted to bring him back, sure. Uh, you know, I, I, there, I think you could find some more Marcus Johansson's on the market for the price you paid for him this year. Uh, Mason Appleton. I mean, he doesn't really tip the scales either way for me. Uh, Riley Sheehan's a guy who you could see getting traded that I didn't mention earlier to a, you know, a team that needs a veteran guy at the bottom of their, uh, you know, the bottom of their lineup a little bit. Um, I don't see, I don't think he's coming back. Um, and then uh, you know maybe they resign Morgan Geeky. He's a young player who who's who's you know seemed to have success success. It's not like uh, what's her face uh, Susanna. Uh, <laughs> who was that? Suzanne Summer? No, 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 no. The the Blackhawks. Uh, who she said six uh, X. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Tracy but, Myers. No, 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 it was. Uh, I I know who that is. She worked Susan- for. Uh, she works for like the MLS yeah. now. Yeah, but anyway, Morgan, uh, Morgan Geeky, sure. He uh, the fans seem to like him. They got a little thing going on with the, you know, the Geeky Squad and all that stuff. That's cool. That's fine. He's he's young. He's going to be cheap. That's fine too. Um, Susanna I, Collins. There you go. I knew it was Susanna something or other. Um, so that's you know as far as that goes. Sure, there's guys you could bring them back. Um, I don't think there's anyone that's vital. You bring them back. Uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of players on the market. Uh, if you have some cap space, you know, you can, you can really take advantage of that. So I would prefer that they kind of do that uh, instead of, you know, hanging, having guys hang around. This, this team's not good. Like, you don't want to have a bunch of players coming back next year on a team that wasn't good this year. So you kind of want to shake some things up. So, uh, yeah. Um, so that's it for that question. Now I'm going to turn it over to you guys, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go around the horn on, on this with you guys. I'm going to start with uh, Bardo, then I'm going to go to Sean, and I'm going to end with Eric on this one. Uh, the question is from, uh, the name is Bong Recreation Area. Very funny. Uh, if anyone knows that in the Chicago area, uh, it's actually, I believe, in 
Wisconsin. Yeah, it's in it's Wisconsin. A, yeah. Yeah, there's a recreation area called the Bog Recreation Area. And he's on, on – uh, I don't even know that anyone except for me being as old as I am uh, is going to understand the reference of this this screen name in Chicago. But Animal Stories 4 <laughs> – Well, it's not those, Tommy. Hi, Tommy. It's it's a throwback to Larry Lujak and his animal stories here in Chicago that probably ended when I was my son's age, nine years old or something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I hope somebody enjoys that reference because I enjoy the reference. So animal stories, I understand where you're coming from. But anyway, the question is, do they make their trades today? Meaning today, I would say we could include Friday too. Uh, we were talking about this a little earlier. I'm going to add Friday on there too, because they're going to be going on an eight day road trip. that starts on Saturday. feels like it could be St. Patrick's day massacre for the Blackhawks. Um, I'm going to say today, tomorrow, I'm going to, that's my, I'm going to amend the question a little bit. So first off, so I, I think the thing to watch, it's almost like tis the season of guys getting benched as a management decision. I think that will be the interesting thing. There may be players that are actually left home um, as insurance policies as like, hey, we're going to try to trade you. Um, and if we don't, then you know what? You'll meet us wherever we are. They, they invented planes for a reason. We can go and, and you can go find us wherever we are on the road. Yeah. So to me, I think you're going to start to see guys like DeHaan and maybe even Flurry and, and maybe some others, um, you know, sit out the next, you know, over the weekend. And that's why there's a good chance that Velasic might end up playing um, because there may be guys, specific guys that are sitting out. Um, you know, and I would say that it's probably only about three guys um, that are that are going to sit. I would say it's Carpenter. I would say it's DeHaan and maybe Flurry, but I don't know. And maybe look, maybe Flurry doesn't play because it's just you know maybe he he goes and he's just the backup. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that'll be Sorry. interesting to watch though. If Flurry is you know if you know that going back to the honor of the wishes thing or whatever it is that he Stan Bowman promised him, if they if Flurry's not with them in the beginning of that road trip, that's interesting. Yeah, for sure, Shawnee. Yeah, so as uh, we didn't mention this earlier, Seattle the Seattle Kraken. Uh, withheld Mark Giordano from his 1,000th game, giving him the silver stick, I believe, and he didn't play in the game. So he did. I he can, did dress for warmups, but he didn't play in the game yet. That's right. Correct. Yeah. So I would, I would see like if the big name guys like Mark Andre Fleury doesn't travel or something like that. But that's the only player I could really see them. Dehan, especially Dehan, because of his injury history. Mark Andre Fleury, and that's about it. The rest of the guys like. Get him on the plane. Uh, if if you land if you land in your first destination, you're traded. You get him in a cab off the tarmac and you get him going. Like I don't think if anything, if professional sports has taught us anything, the Gerald Gallant story should show us that they don't care. That they don't care. You're just an asset, a piece of meat. So no, they're not going to trade you before the road trip. They, they don't care. Eric. Yeah, I think. I would agree with, you know, a lot of the things that you guys just said. Um, I would say if they are going to leave a few guys behind, I do not think Flurry is going to be one of those guys because if you don't have a deal done for him, but you leave him behind, that's tipping your hand, you know, that, yeah, he, he wants to be traded. So then that's kind of dropping his value ever so slightly potentially. So, you know, 
I would, if it was me, I would say, hey, yep, you're coming along, but you're the backup, and you are not playing unless Kevin Lankinen gets hurt. So, um, yeah, if they do decide to leave any guys behind, I think it would be guys like Carpenter, Dahan, potentially Kubalik if he's not dealt before they leave. I mean, he could be traded tonight, tomorrow morning, whatever it might be. Same with Dahan. Um, I feel like Carpenter's probably going to be one of those guys that is a Monday afternoon type of guy. So, um, you know, I, I could see him potentially even playing on Saturday. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think if they were if they were in a huge hurry to to have been moving guys, I think they probably already would have jumped on some things. I mean, I'm sure they've gotten at least some somewhat decent offers for some of those guys, you know, that they're at least considering. So, you know, I don't know. I don't think the I don't think the timing of, you know, make sure you get it done before they leave is all that important. Like you guys were saying, I think it's more just you move the asset when it's the right time and nothing else really matters. So yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. And I can't see Kyle Davidson uh, jumping early on a deal without completely sussing it out. You know, he wants to come in and make a good impression that, you know, he's going to take this team in the right direction and he was the right decision. So I can't see him just coming in and like taking a bad, taking a couple bad deals right away uh, just because it's too fast or the, you know, they, they have to travel, uh, you know, Saturday. I don't think it's going to be that it'll be set up ahead of time. It will be planned ahead of time. Like, Hey, yeah. we're, we're working on this deal for you. Uh, you're probably going to, you know, if you're traded, you know, before or after this game, you're going to leave this airport. If you're traded before or after this game, you're going to leave this airport. Just be ready. Uh, you know, bring the extra bag or whatever. Like they're going to, they're going to suss this out. Like they're not going to, I don't think they're blindsiding many people. Right. I yeah, think that's... everybody knows that they, they, they could be traded and I think they've, they're going to all be talked to, or at least I hope they will. Tell yeah. your wife like to get the stuff ready to pack yeah. it up, take your mm-hmm. extra bag. It's actually probably better for them if they are already traveling just because they already have their travel stuff with them. So yeah. they can go travel to their new city and then their significant other or whoever else can get their, their living situation situated. Yeah. yeah. One other thing too, I just thought of, um, you know, do not be surprised whatsoever if you see guys called up from Rockford tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, good call. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah for sure. Good You're call. probably gonna see a lot of that from all teams, you know, in one way or the other. So yeah, yeah. but specifically yeah. for the Hawks, they're leaving for the trip tomorrow. So if you know, if they are presumably going to be moving a few guys mid trip, you're probably gonna want to bring at least an extra guy or two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think we hit everything. Anyone else got any last points that you want to make that we forgot or you want to talk about? I just want to talk about, we've talked about this on previous Chicago Ringcast episodes, but, um, you know, I don't think we really talked on it much. I mean, we mentioned his name earlier, but, you know, I I think it is worth having the discussion again about Brandon Hagel. Um, I'll start by saying... let's do it. I do not think that they will trade him. I do not expect for him to be traded. But given the report, whatever it was a month ago, that someone had made an offer of a first and a decent prospect for him, at that point, I'm sure the price is even higher now. And they obviously said no to that. So, you know, I guess if they're, if Kyle Davidson is taking the right approach to this, 
and saying, I have to maximize every asset that I have, whatever that looks like, I would just have a hard time envisioning Hagel sticking around um, just from that standpoint. Again, I don't think he'll be traded, but I would at least be curious to hear your guys' thoughts, especially you, Jeff, since you're not on the, the Chicago rink cast. Um, you know, understanding that the Hawks really like him, that they do not seem inclined to move him, what would kind of be that tipping point of a return where Kyle Davidson would say, I don't want to move him, but I have to. I don't even know that there's a, I mean, a first round pick, what, what we heard before, like that, you should, you should take that. You should honestly take that. He should have taken that. If he, and, and the one thing that a lot of people seem to forget is like, just because they hear this is what the possible return on a deal is, doesn't mean that's what the actual return was. They could have heard that secondhand. And that doesn't mean that, the, you know, it came, it was written on a tablet, you know, by God himself, that this is what's going to happen. Uh, this, if you get a first round draft pick plus something, you need to take that for just about anyone on that roster, to be honest with you. Um, but Brandon Hagel, sure, everyone, we, we love Brandon Hagel. We like what he is. I'd like him on the crack. Every team would probably like a Brandon Hagel. That's all good and well. I like Brandon Tanev. That's all good and well. But if you offer me a first round draft pick plus more for a Brandon Tanev, which could possibly be in the same ballpark. I mean, I know uh, Hagel's got 20 goals and Tanev didn't, but Tanev was having a really good season himself. If you give me, if you offer me a first round draft pick in this draft and in something else, a young player or something like that, Brandon Tanev's out of town. And the same should, should have been with, uh, with Hagel. I just think you, you got to sell high. And right now he's high. Just like we said with Eric Gustafson, when they should have traded him when he was, you know, at his highest. And everyone's like, no, you can't get rid of him. Can't get rid of him. The next year they couldn't give him away. Now I'm not saying that also that that can't happen to Brandon Hagel, but could it's it? Like, it's like Kubalik. Exactly yeah. like Kubalik. They, they want to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Eric, I think if if you can get a, if you get a first and a second and a prospect, you move them in a heartbeat. If somebody offers you more than that, like he's gone, like get him on the plane. Like, like Gates said earlier, you didn't pay anything for him. And so I just looked at Brandon Hagel's numbers. Like he had nine goals and 15 assists in 52 games this year. He has 21 goals, 16 assists in 55 games this year. Is this, is this the norm or is this the aberration year? And if it's the aberration year, and you don't trade him, then you're stuck with a Dominique Kubelik situation all over again. So I, if you get a first round and a second round pick, like you don't, like you would have two second round picks, another first round, or you have three third round picks already. Like that sets you up pretty good to hopefully restock your farm system, and and hopefully start developing guys for the future. I think you got to do that. You got to make that trade. I would say yeah, if, a, if you get a first and first round pick, I was going to say if you get a first and a second for for him, I, I'm I'm dumping him. I, he's gone. Go ahead, Barrow. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say if you get a first for him, you take it. You get a first and a prospect, or a first and a second, I will fly out to Chicago and pack his damn bags and walk him to wherever his new team is. I mean, there's no question trading because. Quite frankly, I, I think it's going to be his peak. And when you look at the team, it's going to get worse before it gets better. 
Kane's not going to be on this team or we're at his peak much longer. Taves may retire after this year. Um, I mean, so who is he going to be playing with that's going to get help him get 21 goals? Or at this rate, he might hit 25 or 30. So this might be his peak year. Um, because mm-hmm. after that, the, the talent is just going to go downhill for a while. And then, you know, he's going to be back to, you know, being Fernando Pisani. So. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. A good, uh, nice dig there. Bardo. Bardo. <laughs> we Eric, got a lot of peace Bardo tonight. Out. <laughs> Bardo out. Eric, you got anything you want to wrap up on that? I think we, 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 we gave you what you were looking for. Yeah, I think that those were good thoughts. I mean, yeah, and, and, you know, I said it in my piece, but as we've been saying, it's about asset maximization. And another thing to keep in mind, and I think, Sean, you've said this on previous RinkCasts, um, and maybe Bard, too, and probably Andy, too. I think we've all said it. Hagel is the type of player where with his playing style, you just can't sustain that for as long as if you're Alex Dabrinkit or Patrick Kane or someone like that. You know, there's a shelf life on players like that. And I understand the Hawks love him. Everybody loves him. He's a, he's a very solid, valuable player. By the time the Hawks are back to being a legitimate contending team, I would venture a guess that Hagel is not as good as he even is today. Whether this is his peak or whether he does go up and Maybe, you know, he be, he does become a regular 25-goal scorer for the next five years. What good is that doing you in the next five years? It's not really doing anything. So if you can take a guy like that, who, again, let's establish on a Stanley Cup contending team is a third liner at best. Yeah, he can slot up and down the lineup. That's fine. But he's a third liner. That's what he is. That's fine. If you're glued to a third liner during a rebuild, that's a big problem, especially if you're passing up serious assets in return for a player like that during a rebuild. So, you know, you you look at, you know, a couple years ago, what Tampa gave up to get Blake Coleman. You know, that's a similar type of a return that they could probably get for someone like Brandon Hagel especially factoring in his age and his cap hit and the fact he's signed for two more years. That's hugely valuable. So, you know, in my opinion, I don't think he will ever have more value than he does from right now, Thursday at 7.32 Central Time until Monday at 2 o'clock Central Time. That is the highest his value will likely ever be. And I love him as much as everybody else does. If you don't capitalize on that, that is a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and the thing about that too is why he's so valuable now is he's you know twenty twenty five goal scorer, and he only makes one point five million for the next two years. Yeah, like that is huge to teams that to teams that are in a cap crunch that really count every single penny and are having to use LTIR. A guy they could play on your third line or up and down the lineup. That's one point five million. That could, they could. He's probably not going to th- score twenty goals on your team, but he might score fifteen at one and a half million dollars for the next two years. There you go, man. Right there, you know. And he's going to get more expensive down the road. So he might score twenty goals every year, but after two years, he's going to be making like three million or four million. Then is he as, is he as valuable then? And he's three years older. Like it makes all the sense in the world right now. 
And, yep. and back to what you were saying about, about playing types. Look at Andrew Shaw. He's not quite Andrew Shaw, but he plays a more physical style like an Andrew Shaw, hard into the corners, plays hard. Like Andrew Shaw, you know, is re- retired at what, 27? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Be- yeah. He, 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 because you couldn't stay on the ice because he was, you know, concussions and injuries and stuff. So, yeah. All, all great biggest, points. Yeah, no, my biggest concern is is just, you know, the fact that he has become really a fan favorite and we know how marketing driven this this organization has become. Um, so, I mean, knowing that he is cost control, he's had some success offensively, you know, physically, he's always around the puck. You know, they may say, you know what? He's a guy that we can keep and, you know, expect him to continue to develop, et cetera. But I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong because I think that, you know, there's got to be some sort of assets that they can get for him. And well, we'll see. Yeah, we will. Anybody got anything else? Or are we going to wrap this up? Let's wrap it. All right, cool. Put awesome. a bow on it. Put a big bow on it. This extravaganza. All right. Um, so, well, um, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Uh, I'm going to try and get a little bit better on, on doing some cracking uh, ring casts. Uh, I recently moved. I apologize to everyone. I haven't been able to keep up as much as I'd like to, but I recently moved twice in the past six months, I'm finally getting uh, situated where I'm at, so hopefully I can have, have some people on. I, I, I plan on having a, a friend of mine on, uh, Washed Up Goalie, uh, I was on his podcast. I'm going to have him on to talk, you know, maybe some cracking goalie stuff and things like that. So uh, just be patient with me. Uh, I'm going to try and keep this thing a rolling. Uh, but I wanted to kind of make this, uh, the, the guys here uh, kind of brought up the idea of having like a combined podcast where we talk about both. And I thought it was a great idea. So, uh, uh, but you can find all of our comprehensive content on the Kraken and the Blackhawks on www.the-rank.com. Andy kind of gets it screwed up sometimes. I love you, Andy, but it's you got to remember the dash because I don't think I don't even know where it ends up going if you just go to therank.com. So, uh, but I know it's not available. So, um, all of our uh, social media accounts. I'm at Puck and Hostel. Sean is uh, Die Sal three four two six. Bardo is Asb twelve sixteen. Eric is. You can see it right there, W.A. Laxer, uh, 19. And I remember those all off the top of my head, guys. You guys should be very proud of me. Boom! <laughs> because I have to put them all in the, your articles when your articles are shared. So I've been putting them in all year long. I'm, I have all you guys memorized. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, at the Rink Official, at the Rink Shy, at the Rink Seattle. Uh, Kraken Hostel is for the Kraken Hostel side of the podcast. At the Rinkcast is for the Chicago side of the Rinkcast. Uh, I'm like I said before, I'm at Puckett Hostel. Um, I don't want to forget one last time. I know Andy does a really good job of this. www.puckhockey.com, p-u-c-k-h-c-k-y.com. You go there, you can get the Rinkwear. They got lots of cool metal themed jerseys and things like that. Uh, I, you know, I you've heard it a million times, but they got great stuff. I own a ton of uh, stuff, and I bought it. I wasn't giving it so. I was a big fan of them. Jay, John Jacob was a big fan of them before we even partnered up with them. So get, head over there, use the discount code the rink T H E R I N K, and uh, you'll get ten percent off your order. And anything over a hundred dollars, you get like a free T-shirt, puck hockey T-shirt. I got one with their puck hockey logo that's right there at the bottom, right underneath Sean. Um, it's got that on it. It's a cool looking shirt, man. It, 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 gra- it grabs people's eyes, man. Uh, they don't they don't just give you a cruddy. Uh, cruddy stuff 
Uh, they give you really good, you know, good stuff. Their logo is really cool, and it makes people ask questions. People want to know. So, uh, yeah, um, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-E-K-Y.com. Um, if you get over to give you get a chance, head over to iTunes, rate and review us. Um, let's see, Eric's uh, draft piece. Make sure you check it out. I will be continuing to share it on the internets, on the interwebs. Uh, we will have a ticker up with all the trades. It will explain that. It will explain exactly what they are in simple terms. And then there will be an analysis, a more detailed analysis that's done by um, Puck, our friends at Puckpedia, uh, where they uh, they actually break down the, the salaries and all that stuff. Uh, it's great stuff. I usually embed it in our articles, but I'm going to have links to that too. So uh, get ready for that. That's going to be coming up. I'll probably put it up maybe Sunday where I'm already compiling it, the the ticker so uh you'll see all the the kraken and blackhawks moves will be there in one nice list that you can you can take a look at um one last time eric you got anything else you want to plug i don't think so just check out my preview piece like you said um yeah just looking forward to hopefully a very busy weekend for both the blackhawks and the kraken um you know let's bring home a number of draft picks and potentially we'll all be happy as yeah. well we would all be and, happy with uh, that we will all be happy. So, yeah, let's bring in those picks. And don't be humble, Eric. The center ice card cast, right? Mm-hmm. That you that's could, right. He, he has his own hockey card um, podcast that's doing very well that you guys had to write up in a magazine about you guys. So if you guys are interested in hockey cards, go listen to that. We could, you could listen to Eric and listen to us. There's no there's nothing that says you, you can't. Um, Eric's doing a great job over there, so. Why don't you make sure you get your plugs in, man? You deserve it. Yeah, so. he's got like 35 Dylan Strom cards ready to sell. <laughs> Only two. And I've I've even gotten some cards from, from Eric. So I've got some cool. cards sitting right here from, from Eric. Um, Sean, you got anything else you want to plug? Uh, no, I will be working on uh, something about the success of draft picks and like what percentage of picks make it in the NHL. Um, probably it'll probably come out after the trade deadline just so we – and kind of assess what those picks value are and stuff like that. So that's something that I uh, look forward to in the future. Cool. Bardo, you got anything else you want to, are you good? Other than Devonte Adams just got traded to the Raiders. I got nothing. And Chris Kreider scored his 40th goal. Is it one, one now? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I just saw Kreider pop up. It said Kreider 40. So that popped up. Um, but no trades have happened during this, which I'm very upset about because I was hoping we were going to break a trade here on the air. But, Breaking uh, we just, news. We don't have that kind of luck. So. All right. Well, um, so uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. This is Gatekeeper sitting in the big chair for Andy Campbell, for Eric Andrews, the Bardo, and uh, Sean Goldstein at the bottom there with the uh, nice-looking hat on. Uh, Until next episode, see you on the ring.